Dennis, can you tell me your last name, please? Hindman, H-I-N-D-M-A-N. And now, why are you here today? Well, I came for the uh, the, the motion for the before the city council for about repainting the uh, greens uh, stripe on Spring Street for bike lanes. Uh, and what happened? They um, delayed it until Tuesday, city council, and they didn't give a reason behind that. It was just delayed. Took me it's at least about three hours out of my time coming down here and not being notified ahead of time that that was being delayed is a big disappointment. Tell me what your understanding of the issue is. Well, first of all, green um, stripes for bike lanes are not um, officially approved in the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices federally. It's still considered experimental. And so the city has um, applied for and gotten experimental approval to do Spring Street um, green and um, but they had it under a certain configuration they were going to do and now evidently the film industry wants that to be modified and in order for that to be reapplied they're going to have to ask for a change in the experimental you know okay because it's a different procedure that they want to follow and so that will delay implementing uh, restriping or repainting for my understanding, for at least a couple months to get approval. So, what's the film industry? You're saying the film industry is not going to be able to do what they want. They want to get rid of the lanes. Well, no, my understanding, they want to change. They want perhaps uh, like zebra striping that you would get in a crosswalk instead of the full lane colored. Now, that's not a that's not a, a treatment that the DOT has been approved for, obviously, because if you look at Spring Street, the way it is configured right now, they don't have zebra striping for the the green. So, they unfortunately they can't just you can't for a, a traffic control device you can't just make up your own design. There's certain things that they allow, and if it's not written down as such, then you have to ask for approval. Okay, so the film industry wants to get rid of it completely, but they're willing to make a compromise and turn it into stripes. Well, they, they first they, they said it was uh, reflecting, uh, also it's causing green colorization on things. That was one of the objections. And so now my understanding is that um, they, they can control it better if it's not uh, a full stripe of the width of the, the bike lane, that it's just zebra stripings, which is... Uh, uh, you know, intermittent, like you get in a, a crosswalk. And they're, uh, now this is just, I'm getting secondhand information on this, that they consider that easier to control for filming than having the whole thing colored green. Right. And Alec from the LACBC says that they're going to put the striping in the conflict zones. Right. They that, do. That, that had been. Uh, agreed upon because that that obviously for bicycling that's the most important part of the whole thing that's where that's where uh cities traditionally put it uh because it's 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 so much more expensive than the striping that they they tend to put it where the conflict zones are you know the driveways the toward the intersections uh and and if you go to copenhagen they put it through the intersection bright blue that's the conflict zones for them. 
And then if you go to the Netherlands, they have it in the asphalt itself. It's red. Everywhere that they put in new bike paths, they're all red. Whether it's on the street or off, they make them red. So it's not just um, aesthetic reasons. They actually think it's, it, you know, it, it gives people the, the sense that um, the, the drivers to, know, to be aware that where the bicycles are and also the bicycles, their position, and it keeps better separation, even pedestrians from the cyclists, that you know that that's where the cyclists go. This is for pedestrians. This is for the drivers. But right now it's all green. So is there a chance, do you think, that we might be able to keep it that way? Well, it looks hopeful that uh, they... The film ministry evidently is not uh, adamantly, totally against it. They just want to change to look different. Um, that's that's acceptable. Um, nothing could be worse than completely removing it. I mean, Spring Street is a little different because typically a bike lane is next to the parked cars. But Spring Street, you're more out in the middle of the street. And it's, it's uncomfortable to ride on for most people unless you get... You know, it's, you, you need to step it up a little bit by having uh, plastic bollards of separation. If you can't do that, then colorization helps a lot. It gives you more of a sense of this is your space, makes drivers more aware. And that's it's just not a, you know, I live in the valley, and, and I, I'm used to the car speeds going much higher, much faster. And riding on Spring Street, even though it's green, it, 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 it feels... It's kind of weird to me because I feel like I'm in the middle of the street, and it's uh, the, certainly the green colorization helps me to feel more like you know, I, 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 um, I, you know, the, the motorists are more aware of my presence. Uh, I, can, I can't imagine for, and I'm a very experienced bicyclist, so other people, you know, women or people when they're kids, you need something like that as much as you can to make them feel comfortable, sense of separation in the space separate from the motorist. So I, I can't see that uh, removing it entirely is going to do anything as far as improvement in safety or would be neutral. It's uh, and The fact that it's paint, you can modify it. Um, so this, this, sh this should not be something that could be, uh, an argument could be totally against it. I can't see that how that would be acceptable, but this is politics, so... Um, so you wouldn't be too offended if they went for the zebra stripe? They took away what they have now and changed it to that. No zebra stripes would be fine. Um, I, I've never seen. I've seen several examples in other cities when I've never seen zebra stripes. So I don't know if that's even going to be approved at this point. Uh, that's. I, I've Isn't never that, seen any any city do zebra stripes for colorization of asphalt or. Isn't or that what they're asking for? Yeah, zebra stripes because they're. My understanding is they think it's easier to um, take out in their, their film, whether they're talking about digital or to, to cover it over, and it costs them less in some way. Now, at that aspect, I don't know. Uh, obviously, if, if zebra stripes work for crosswalks, they probably does have an effect for bicycle uh, roadway. I don't know the difference between a full colorization and the zebra stripes and... and at the effectiveness, but that's what the experiment would be for then. So, what's your ho hoped for outcome for the next the next meeting? Well, first of all, that that they have some sort of green colorization. Um, compromise is better than not having anything at all. Um, but 
the the fact that just the fact that the uh, traffic control device can be modified for the film industry is just kind of absurd. It's it's uh, you're, you're trying to recreate a look from you know, the, the cities that they mentioned. They're trying to re uh, duplicate fill fill in for Spring Street with fill in for is Philadelphia, Chicago, and New York. All of these cities have green bike lanes. It's it's becoming more and more common in cities, and when it finally gets approved, it'll be an abundance of them. Um, San Francisco just put in one, a very bright one, down Market Street, their busiest street. So they're recreating something that's from the 20th century and 19th century, and we're moving into the 21st century. There's new traffic control devices that are coming on board, and are we just going to cater to uh, making it look our, our streets look like a back lot? Uh, they have to. There should be the film industry adapting to these new traffic control devices, rather than us accommodating them and eliminating uh, because it, it's not aesthetically pleasing for them, or it takes them too much time or something to modify it. Um, and why is it always the bicyclists that use as like cannon fodder in these things? Why is it they don't do that for pedestrians? I mean, these considerations don't come forth for motorists. You don't have the public weighing in whether there should be safety treatments done for the motorists or the pedestrians. They usually just go through without community meetings. But we're going through these things continuously with bicyclists, and it's just obscene. They're just as vulnerable uh, being hit by a motorist as a pedestrian would be. And it's just... It, 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 it's just uh, you're not treating the, the, the in fact in the film industry you, you're not allowed to do certain things because of the, the risk of danger and yet and yet allowing that for the public to have an increased amount of danger to to film doesn't even make sense so it, this is a continuous process it, it's, it's kind of frustrating you always continually have to show up to meetings neighborhood councils and come before the city council or metro to try to keep uh, try to keep uh, bicycling bikeways in place I'm going through a process now of uh, they're trying to put uh, some kind of a, a, a transit upgrade on Van Nuys Boulevard and the, this is the same sort of process that they're, they're wanting to put probably uh, either a train or a BRT in there. And uh, the three uh, um, procedures that have been advanced, all of them degrade the bicycling. And it's supposed to be on the bike plan, there's supposed to be at least a bike lane. And so the, the three that have been advanced, one puts the bicycle in front of mixed traffic. Uh, another one puts it in a bus-only lane. And uh, and it's they're all squeezed. All of these are being squeezed because of the station placement. And this is just a, a process that you're continually going through. They didn't take away the sidewalk; they reduced it a little bit, but they take away the bike lane now. Using that definition, if you put a six-foot long bike lane on the street, does that qualify as a bike lane for that entire street? I mean, if you have portions that are removed, to me that does not, that is not a, a bike lane. You can't have a train track only part of the way. You can't have a bridge only part of the way for cars. It's the entire lane. 
that is the way all of our bike lanes are being put in right now in the street. Almost probably 95% of them, it's leftover space. And when the, you approach uh, the intersection, the bike lane disappears because they had to make way for the uh, left-only or right-only turn lanes for the motorists. And they, they disappear at the freeway on and off ramps, the driveways, because they're accommodating the drivers. So this is a, it's just a constant battle that it's just frustrating to see this. And if you look at what, the way the Netherlands does it, it's quite different. They, they consider it just the same way as you would motorists or pedestrian. And if it's a, a potential conflict, they, they try to make the motorists very aware of the bicycle and they don't it, the, the bicycle path or cycle track does not disappear where the driveways and intersections are so, so that's kind of a kind of a, another it's area. not just this green stripe it's, it's it's just it's the way the city the city considers See, the one advantage that the Netherlands has, they, when they usually do a road, they're, they're considering everything together. It's the transit, it's the bicycling, it's the driving, it's the, the sidewalk. Even their, um, their um, if it's a major work on the street, they'll do the, the sewer system, they, their telephones um, or cables underneath the street. So they do it all at once. And they don't. Okay, I'll give you another example of how this works. This is very good. If, if people would just go to the orange line where the bike path is, where the um, the orange line was the BRT that runs through the San Fernando Valley, you can see the hierarchy of how transportation is in the city. Who gets precedent is the cross traffic with is usually the cars, and the DOT is counting how many boxes they see. So if they're trying to get make sure that the boxes, and there's many more boxes of cars than there would be a bus, and making sure that they're not delayed through the intersection. They make the, the buses stop. Even though it's a dedicated roadway for the, the bus, and there could be many more people on the bus. This could be late at night. No cars. They make the bus stop at certain intersections. But for the mixed-use path, which is for pedestrians and bicycles, they make the bicycle stop at every single intersection. You had to hit the little push button for the pedestrian walk. You also have a handicap ramp, so the, the bike path is not at the same level as the street, so you have to go down this ramp or up the ramp, which is causes a bicycle to go slower, and, you, and by the fact that you have to stop the bicycles all the time, you discourage people from bicycling. And the only reason they have safety improvements for bicycling or pedestrians is because it's right next to the busway. So they have red light cameras that have been installed. This is for Metro. This city doesn't allow them, but Metro does still have them. That was a safety procedure to cut down on uh, collisions between buses and the uh, cross traffic. By doing that, they have uh, dramatically increase the safety for pedestrians and, and bicycling. Uh, they also do they have uh, if uh, they allow turning across the busway, but it's it's um, left turn only, right turn only signal, so that it's controlled. This is, should be a standard procedure for pedestrians and bicycling through the major arterial streets in Los Angeles. That's the way they do it in the Netherlands. 
that's the way they cut down on potential conflict areas. So it's just it's it's a lot of different levels of of how people are treated. And if you can reduce the potential conflict points, you reduce the danger. Uh, painting the street green is just a minor alteration. And these other procedures should be just standards. If, if we did things like that, the, the bicycling would increase dramatically. There's a, there's a correlation between the level of safety for bicycling and how many people bicycle. Um, there, recently there was a study done by the University of British Columbia in Canada that shows that the, the preferences for people where they want to bicycle and the accident rate were very closely correlated that the, the highest level for um, safety was cycle tracks and the preference was to be on a cycle track for most people. Uh, the lowest safety level is to be in mixed traffic. It's just, it's just common sense of people correlates with the actual danger of riding. And most people will not ride in mixed traffic on a street. A stripe is a very minor change. It's a 30% lower level of accidents, and that's also in the University of British Columbia study, which examined the injury rates at, at three different hospitals, three different cities. And, and it, it's my understanding that is actually why it's been approved, that it does lower the injury rate by about that much and, but when you consider a, a barrier like a sidewalk has it's it's much different for people that much you get much higher volume like two and a half times more people be willing to bicycle on a barrier separated a good example with that how that could be done in the city of Los Angeles is um, Indianapolis they have a what's called the cultural trail that's very similar to the way they do it in, in Europe, and it's just been a boom, business-wise, and, and attracting people to downtown. Unfortunately, people in the city of Los Angeles don't really relate to how things are done in different cities, whether it be in a different country or New York or Chicago. The excuse is always, well, we're not Portland, we're not Chicago, we're not New York. So we just have to have, unfortunately, Unfortunately, just like this green stripe, we need examples of this is how it works. This is what happened. Um, South uh, My Figueroa project, we're going to have at least partial cycle tracks. That will be the first one in the city. That's an example of how this is going to work. Um, when you say My Figueroa project? Right. South Figueroa is going to be par at least partial cycle tracks. That's the first time that this city has ever had that. So on either side of the street, you'll have a... a uh, it's probably going to emphasis is probably going to be park cars move away from the curb for use that as a barrier protection for the bicyclists as they have done in New York and, and Chicago. Because is that's that going a, through though? As far as I know, yeah, they're still working on it. It's supposed to be done by the end of 2014. So that 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 is a, it's is very good because if you look at Figueroa Street, it's not a typical. Uh, small stores street it's got the main things there are big tall buildings uh, car dealerships and fast food so if it can work on that street it can work on just about any street in the city because the main objections I know on Lakersham are that the car dealerships don't want it because they think it's going to hurt their business well this will prove one way or another whether that is true for that particular kind of business and then the other one the, the other big one it's a uh, um, very important is there's going to be two lanes to take away on Colorado Street and Eagle Rock. 
that's going to be a good good example of of it, it's well, it's another example. We have several of them now that this is so we can get data. Uh, this is the effect. You take away lanes from traffic. How does that affect the traffic flow in this city? We have them in different parts of the city now. And also, how does that affect the business? Because the arguments are always, no, 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 this is going to be bad for business. It's going to hurt the traffic. The traffic's going to stack up, blah, blah, blah. Well, you need data to show if that's the case or not. You're just, it's a bunch of conjecture arguments against these things now. So you have to take the, the risk. New York City has gone through all these stages. When they first put in, they, just like we have, they put in a, a lot of bike lanes in a very short period of time. They had the same kind of objections. Now they don't even um, they don't even go to neighborhoods and saying this is what we're going to do. They they sit and they wait for the neighborhoods to request them. They get they got one from Harlem that said we want bike lanes in our area. Uh, uh, northern section of uh, Manhattan has also requested bike lanes because they've seen what has happened in the other areas. Like Washington Heights, would that be? Uh, that might be, yeah. Uh, that's also happening with their bike sharing now, that that um, Queens, uh, 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 Alderman from Queens is saying, we need bike sharing up here. It, it, it's, at first you get the silly arguments against it, and then when people see that this is how it actually works, then they start supporting it, it but it takes time. Um, and one more thing is you said that they, the film industry is kind of, um, they're being a little bit manipulative in that they said that they made a deal where they said, okay, if you don't put a bike lane on uh, Main Street, then you can put one on Spring Street. And now... That's my understanding that the original agreement was that, okay, we're not going to put, the uh, DLT was not going to put uh, green striping on Main Street. Uh, so the film industry allowed him to do it on, made no uh, argument against having it on Spring Street. So it was a compromise. And now the film industry evidently doesn't like the way it looks on Spring Street. So they're coming back with arguments against that. Um, what do you, uh, how, how much of your time is spent in bike activism? Are you I think quite a bit. I, I try different things. First of all, I knew that we would go through all these meetings when the bike plan was going to come up. So I've handed out literally hundreds of L.A. County Bicycle Coalition stickers to people trying to get people involved because I knew that politicians are swayed by the volume of people that show up and voice an opinion one way or the other. So obviously the, the quantity is very, very important. I saw that happen for the uh, bus-only lanes on Wilshire Boulevard, uh, areas of the city, the, the uh, Condo Canyon and Brentwood. They even sent their lawyers down to the meetings. It was just a high quantity, and I knew you're going to have to get to get some of these things in and get these changes made. You're going to have to have a lot of people show up to these meetings. That's how things get done. Northeast L.A. was a prime example of that that uh, the vast majority of the people that were showing up for the meetings for the for the bike lanes to take away uh, motorized lane to install bike lanes on Colorado and North Figueroa vast majority that were showing up were for the bicyclists and it got approved for Colorado that had to be a, a big reason why that the vast majority of the people showing up were for I know I saw this there's this uh, magazine. I don't know some local magazine there, and they're and they're 
uh, up in arms about that, you know, that the bicyclists are stacking the meetings. Well, that know. happened with me in, in Lincolnshire Boulevard at the North Hollywood uh, Neighborhood Council. The um, person in charge, the president of it, was trying to reduce or eliminate the people showing up that were bicyclists. She, the first first meeting they had, it was overwhelmingly bicyclists, so it just standing room only. And then the next meeting, they called another meeting. They thought, well, no, it's not a good representation of the city, of the area. So they called another one. And so you were at the Lancashire. Yeah, this is concerning Lancashire Boulevard. It's it it, it is on the uh, draft EIR, and it's basically divided into two council districts: a southern, uh, you can say. South of 134 and north of 134, up into the where the North Hollywood subway is. That is the project uh, that is in the draft EIR. So uh, the North Hollywood uh, Neighborhood Council meeting that I had attended is concerning the, uh, Paul Kerkroyan's council district from the 134 north to the Orange Line, or the North Hollywood subway. And the first meeting I went to, it was packed with mainly bicyclists in favor of it. So the person that is in charge of the North Hollywood uh, um, Neighborhood Council thought, well, this is not representative of the neighborhood, so they called another meeting. And this time they would not allow the bicyclists that had spoken before to speak again on the agenda item, which is actually against the rules. Um, so then we had another one two nights ago, and Tried to they tried to uh, apply the same stunt, and this time they had uh, it divided between one agenda item where you would be for having it on Lancashire, and another one, the next street over on Vineland. Well, when it came to the Lancashire Boulevard, there was a car dealership that spoke against it, and one or two other people. And, of course, the majority were bicyclists and they were favorite. And then when it came to the next agenda item, I was the first one up for Vineland. And I said, no, that would not be a good idea to have it on Vineland. She said, they stopped me. Said, you can't speak against the, that particular street. And I said, well, you just had it for the previous street. The, at the other agenda item, you had people allowed to speak against that. So reluctantly, she let me speak and several other bicyclists again. People were supportive of Vineland, or uh, Lancashire, I should say. So this is, a, this is the kind of thing that just... This is the reason why we have a lot of these meetings, because they just... They just uh, they're trying... <laughs> They're trying to sway, they're trying to get more people from the community that are against show up, and the bicyclists keep showing up, so they keep having more meetings. And it just didn't work for uh, Northeast LA, for Colorado, or uh, North Figueroa. They just just kept getting more and more people on bicycles and less and less people against. Because car people don't want to get off their asses and go to a meeting. Well, they're, they're, the claim is that not, not enough people in the neighborhood were, uh, are aware of this is going to happen, but this is got, they've had numerous uh, public outreach on, on the draft EIR. That was the procedure they had to follow. Um, and then they brought it to the neighborhood consoles. They've, they've had meetings on that. They've had presentations by the DOT. Frequently the DOT, even from somebody from city planning, will show up. 
and uh, I've gone. I think that I've gone to seven meetings, neighborhood council meetings, just for Lancashire Boulevard, and it's just. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how Paul Kerkoyan stands on it, but uh, Tom Lavange is adamantly against. And it didn't take much. Didn't seemingly take much persuasion for him. So Tom Lavange is adamantly against what? Having uh, bike lanes on Lancashire from 134 South to Ventura Boulevard, which goes by Universal Studios. And uh, the reasoning he gave me was it's dangerous on Lancashire Boulevard, so we should move it over to Vineland. Well, the difference between Vineland and Lancashire. Now, visually, Vineland is wider because there used to be a streetcar that ran down the middle. The speed limit on Vineland is 40. The speed limit on Lancashire is 35. Now, for um, there is a um, a publicly funded uh, um, institute. This is called the Minette uh, Transportation Institute, based in San Jose University, San Jose State University. It's funded by the federal government and also Caltrans. They came up with a. Uh, uh, they released a report that stated that. When you put bike lanes on a street that has 40 miles an hour uh, speed limit, as California does, which represents 85% of the uh, motorists are traveling at that speed, it's the same as if you didn't have bike lanes at all. It's, it, it discourages people. Um, it, it's, it, it, it's only going to uh, attract people that would normally ride without bike lanes. It just feels too uncomfortable. Even dropping it down 5 miles an hour to 35, now you're dealing with perhaps 7 times more people. And of course, you drop it down to the next level of 30, and you got even more. And I think if you get to the 25 mile an hour level, then you're dealing with children. It would be safe enough for children. So it's a, it's even though it seems like a very small increment change in speed, it's a big difference for people. It, 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 that's why I, when I rode on Spring Street or ride downtown, I have a sense of being uncomfortable because the speeds in the San Fernando Valley are much much higher for motorists. So I'm just used to that uh, sense of discomfort for motorists. Here, it's you can see because the traffic moves smaller. People will ride in the middle of the street. If you go to uh, Venice, uh, go down Abbey Kenny, there's people that will uh, skateboard in the middle of the street, right down the center of the of the street. You can't do that in San Fernando Valley because the speeds are 40. I have there's one speed limit of 50 on Fallbrook in the western of the valley. So it's typically 40 or higher. So there's there's all sorts of aspects to it, but green is just one of the one of the tools. The more tools that the DOT has, the more things it can do to increase the the comfort and the safety for bicycling. What do you think? How committed to this do you think the film industry is, or is this just some kind of reflex of theirs? Is this? Does this even matter much to them? Is it just so easy to send out a lobbyist that they do it? I don't know. It seems like... I, th I think that what really triggered them was it was coming up for being repainted. And then they go, oh, well, maybe we can modify this or stop it entirely because I, 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 I'm assuming they just... It's just too much trouble in their view to have to make alterations in their filming because of the green. So... I don't know how much effort they actually had to apply to to counter the, the green. So the, to them, I could understand that. Why not just stop them from putting the green in from the first place? That would be the easiest way. 
Can you give your email or any other uh, contact information uh, for for the for this interview? Like, if anybody wants to recruit you for their their campaign, their cause. Well, my email is Dennis D E N N I S dot H I N D M A N at a t t dot net. That's my email. Very good. All right. Well, you'll be here Tuesday, right? Well, hopefully. I'll oh yeah, it's three hours and everything. But uh, because it's going to be, it's going through the LA County Bicycle Coalition. I would imagine quite a few people are going to show up. It usually when they, you know, have a call out for people showing up, you'll see maybe at least a half a dozen people. But it's because these things are in the middle of the day. It's tough to get people out here. Now, getting in, in neighborhood council meetings are usually in the evening. It's much easier to get people involved. That's why you can get so many people showing up to those meetings. But it's just it's a continuous meeting after meeting just to get little little changes for for bicycling. But going over what the city has already done, the previous to the the. Bike lane approval in March of 2011. The city was doing six, eight miles of bike lanes a year. And to, as far as I know, the record would probably be uh, previous to what they were doing now um, was set up probably by New York City of 62 miles of bike lanes in 2009. And New York City gets a lot of publicity for that. They really um, claim a lot more than they've actually done. They include Shiro's, which is, you know, just a riding in the middle of mixed traffic. They claim that as a bike lane, so they add that in. But the city of Los Angeles has, this fiscal year, has done over 85 miles of bike lanes, far exceeding what New York City did in their peak of 62. So that, that will be, I'm sure, that will come up at the end of this fiscal uh, year is the end of June, so I'm sure that will be publicize and then I, I, I they're getting very close to if they haven't exceeded 90 their goal was I believe a hundred miles so we've done a tremendous amount and I've noticed anecdotally a, a big jump in bicycling I, I know somebody that goes from the North Hollywood subway to Paramount takes his bike all the time he says it's getting harder and harder to get his bike on the train at, even even though North Hollywood is the very beginning you know um, in the valley where he the start of it or the end of it and he says either end it's just getting harder and harder so that that's indicating to me very strongly that more and more people are using the bike for commuting and it's supposed to have you know there's there's averages that have been made for how many miles of bike paths or bike lanes you you put in and how much of a bicycle commuting motor share you get and it's supposed to be one study at 17 major cities, it's you stripe one mile of bike lane in a one square mile area, you get 1% motor share for bicycling. That doesn't seem like much, but according to the American Community Survey through the Census Bureau, this city has 1% right now. So this has a major effect every time you stripe bike lanes in, a, in an area that the motor share could could easily could, could double in some of these areas. In Northeast LA, uh, 
right now they have a very low motor share, and some of those some of those uh, areas where they're putting bike lanes in, could, it could easily just double. The LA County Bicycle Coalition did a bicycle count in 2011, and the change on the streets that had bike lanes installed from 2009 more than doubled over and above what the averages were for streets that had no changes. So it has a big, big impact. And we'll have enough data. The problem is a lot of this you got to support with data, and we won't have data until they, uh, L.A. County Bicycle Coalition does another count coming up September, and then the ACS data, which comes out every October. The next one will be for 2012, which is really the first full year that we've done a lot of bicycle lanes. And that also gives us an idea. Part of that might be the effect of the Ciclovias we've had. Um, not, I would expect at least a 10% jump in the commuting motor chair for bicycling. From two th according to that data from ACS, from 2007 to 2011, we've had a bigger jump in bicycling, commuting, motor share than transit, even though transit's been spending hundreds of millions of dollars per year. So I can go on and on. <laughs> what is, where do you get your, what, do you have favorite sources of information? I mean, you're not the, you're not the, I guess somebody who shows up at one of these meetings is not your average, just random yeah. bike. Well, some of them are. I mean, some of them just bicycle and they go, um, they, they're just tie into, to, uh, you know, the bicycle community. A lot of it comes from LA County, LA County Bicycle Coalition or a streets blog, they'll notify there's a meeting coming up. So sometimes you'll get people, um, like the Lancashire Boulevard, there was somebody that lived on Melrose that came. But usually it's it's the people within the area. And this, though, coming down for a city council meeting, they come from all over the city. So what, what, it, what I was going to say, yeah, where do you, what's your favorite sources of uh, bike info? Well, I, I learned a lot about, uh, when I, Obviously, from my own experiences, I would bicycle on any street because I've been doing it for over 10 years and there was very little infrastructure anywhere. But then I quickly learned from looking at uh, Copenhagen Eyes or there's another blog that was uh, uh, A View from the Psychopath, which is the Netherlands, somebody that used to be originally from uh, England. Great. Uh, it's got some, there were some great articles and videos about just uh, learning how to appeal to the, the mass population for cycling and you just have to make it so that it's just like walking or driving that you just you're just getting on a bicycle to go from point A to point B and the only the only places in the city I've seen that is around USC where I uh, we had this idea um, of trying to get people to involve with the LA County bicycle collection so we set up a table I even brought balloons which we're blowing everywhere, but when you try to get the people involved, they just look at you like you're from the moon because they're not bicyclists. They're just trying to get from point A to point B. That's the same as it is in Copenhagen. They're not bicyclists. They're just using that because it's the easiest and fastest way for them to get somewhere. The Netherlands is the same way for most of them. They, they just... Here it's sport you're, and enthusiasm. If but you're riding a bike, you're a bicyclist. Right here, here, they here yeah. they classify you in a group. They're, in fact, the last meeting I was at the Lancashire Boulevard, there was an elderly man. It might have been 
late 70s or 80s, and he had a cane, and, and after a bunch of people that were advocating for bicycle uh, lanes on Lancashire spoke, he got up and started yelling, turned, we were mainly in the back of the room, he turned and started yelling at us, you people ran me over, you know, on your bicycles, 175 of you, and you all, you ran me over one day. Oh, my God. And I'm pointing to myself, shaking my head. No, it wasn't me. <laughs> but that's that's the that's not an uncommon view. That so it, interesting. You, so so it's you people now, and um, well, that's not uncommon. That that you know you group you, you, generalities that you group people, and it's not true by all motorists or all bicycles that they all do the same thing. Obviously, it's individuals. Nobody would say you people if they got in a car accident. Generally, not. No. And it's it's such a tragedy because this event, the the two nights ago for Lancashire Boulevard Neighborhood Council, there was a a, a a young woman that spoke and and she said her brother was killed while he was riding a bicycle on Vineland two months previous, and she started breaking down and crying, uh, you know, wanting the the bike lanes to improve the safety, and when they had a the outreach for the draft EIR, there was a. a the woman that was probably in her 60 and her son had been killed on PCH riding his bike and so she was there and so it's, it, when you she show, have people show up to these meetings they're not necessarily bicyclists uh, I know that Northeast LA some of them are just concerned for their own safety and their children even getting out of their car because if you typically if you have a bike lane it's next to the, where the parked cars are it's much easier to open your, up your door without worrying about the motorist smashing into your your door although you know there's obviously a problem with having to watch out for bicyclists but much less danger for you though from bicycle in a car so if bicycling in New York City is really been um, supported heavily it's not just for the bicycling because in New York it's mainly people walking around and that's what they're seeing the advantage is it's easier to cross the street you shorten the distance. You still have you, you still have a, somewhat of a danger of looking out for the bicycles, but the main danger is the motorized vehicles moving at 40 miles an hour. So if you shorten the distance, it's easier for pedestrian to get across the street. And they've seen how it, that makes it a much more uh, livable community, safer. It, it, it works for safety for everybody that uses the street. But that's something that's very hard to understand in the United States because we don't have a lot of examples of that. Just Portland. Portland is is by far the most successful for the big cities. Actually, when you get to the smaller communities, Portland commuting using the ACS data, American Community Survey, uh, Portland's at six percent. But when you drop down to Davis, California, it's sixteen percent commuting motor share. And Davis was the first city in the United States that had put in bike lanes. They were actually came up with the, the width, uh, the standard width. Um, and they also, I think, the first city in the United States to have a bicycle-only signal, which is common in Europe. But they, uh, be, uh, not only are a small city, they're also a, a, a uh, they have a large university, UC Davis. So that's that has to do with part of it. But and UC. And in Davis, though, 95% of the streets have bike lanes, and they're about seven feet wide. Um, seven feet wide bike lanes? Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. 
there was a um, there is a buy there is a book out that's called City Cycling and it's um, it's uh, published or it's it, it's there's two authors of the book itself the um, and one of them is uh, um, John Pooker uh, from Rutgers University and uh, John uh, Bueller. But each each of the chapters are written by mainly usually professors with PhDs, and one of them is on um, concerning infrastructure. And this particular uh, professor, who happens to be an engineer, says that the, the bike lane should be 14 and a half feet away from the curb. Well, the standard measurements, the minimum requirements are for parking. It's either 78 feet for parking, and in bike lanes, there had to be at least four. And the city here, Los Angeles, is trying for five. Well, if you add in seven and five, you only get twelve. And eight and five is only thirteen. So he's talking about uh, over seven feet for a, a bike lane. That what you uh, what you have to consider though is the problem uh, that we it's been shown downtown is if you make it too wide where a car can move in it, then you have a problem of they're going to park in it. They're going to uh, which they'll do on any bike lane, but they'll also move in it. Um, so the lanes that we're putting in now, the bike lanes that we're putting in now, they're taking away travel lanes. Many of them are wide enough for cars to drive in, and it's becoming a huge problem, as it was in New York City. That's why New York City put in protected bike lanes, because people were parking in it and also moving in it. That was the only reason, just to to make it even function. So there's a lot of a lot of problems that. I mean, we're using minimal minimal treatments to try to in, increase the safety, and encourage bicycling, but the ideal system is complete separation from the motorist. That's the ideal. Costs a lot more money. Uh, the, the the one they look. The one to look forward to and to look up to right now is Chicago. The mayor, he's completely committed to putting in barrier protected 100 miles in his first four years in tenure. You, you had to have an example like that to set the precedent, just like Portland did, just like the initial protected bike uh, lanes did in New York City, but they were stepping up another notch. It just, it just kind of drags the other cities along. Except LA, which says we're... We're not uh, well, we're Chicago kind of conservative, but it also involves money. They got they got a bigger pot of money to do it, but uh, LA is very cautious about barrier protected because they're not officially sanctioned yet. Um, so they consider it experimental. Uh, if you look at the federal level, federal uh, Department of Transportation, they don't even consider a traffic control device. So they don't cons- they don't care one way or the other. What it, what it mainly involves with is uh, either grade separation, which means elevated usually, or moving the cars away from the curb and putting up maybe plastic pylons or um, Indianapolis put it actually concrete-filled pylons as separation and for their uh, heritage trail, parts of it anyway. What do you do for a living? Well... I used to work uh, for a medical laboratory in the west end of the valley called uh, Quest Diagnostics. So, um, I don't know, I I just sort of have a sense of looking at uh, 
a problem and trying to, trying to solve it because that was pretty much my job there. Somebody's got a problem, they're, they're calling in with a problem. Now how do I find a solution to that? So that's, that's why I get deeper and deeper into this because I think there's a better way to do it or a solution to it, you know. But it involves a lot of reading. But then you find the, the political um, uh, holdups, you know, trying to get the DOT to use more advanced methods they use in Europe is very, very difficult. It's a very slow process. It's almost like trying to change a wolf into a dog, you know. Um, you have to go through several generations. It takes time. So, all right, well, we got, it looks like the, the, the activists will look like they have that kind of concentration and focus as opposed to the lobbyists who are just, you know, they're like fruit flies. And they just, they'll just keep coming, but the cyclists will keep their focus. Well, right now we're at such a beginning stage. We've only really had a big push for bicycle infrastructure for the last two years, and the motors are just now getting wind of the fact that you're going to alter the street, taking away the lanes. It's mainly involved the, the moving lanes, not the parking. And it's very strong pushback right now. And so you get political hesitation in implementing future uh, bike lanes that involve taking away anything from the motorists or any major change. But we just had to wait for the data to say that what the effect of what we've done in the last two years is. And... and it just takes time to change uh, people's habits from one mode to the next. You can only push it so fast, even in the Netherlands, that it just takes time for people to go from whether you're using transit to bicycling or using a car to bicycling. Sometimes it's a great upheaval by a big, large jump in the gas price from 2007 to 2008. We had almost a 50% jump in bicycling just from that. And interesting, it didn't go down after that. It, people stayed, and it even increased since then. So that was that was a big one of the big uh, creations of political will. Because, uh, like Paul Krikorian had noticed a big jump in bicycling recently when he was pushing for it. But unfortunately, there's just not when you're dealing with a very small, small percentage of the population that bicycles. It's easy to just dismiss it and say, "Well, the majority don't do that, so let's not let's not implement it." It's a it's a slow process, but when you start getting a network together like Portland in, it's just you make major jumps. Right now, it, it's percentage-wise, it's a big jump, but when you're dealing with one or two percent, it seems like like a very small number, but it's a we're, we're dealing with a big percentage of jump. It's going to take a few years. It took them 18 years to go from 1% to 6%. And because of the more tools that are involved now, you can do that in a much smaller amount of time. And there's much more money being pumped into it from the federal government. Um, this is, when you say 1 to 6, that's the percent of people who commute. That's not representative of all people bicycling because of the way the surveys are done. Um, but that tells you the percentage of, it gives you an idea of the incremental increase, that it's about six times more bicycling 
And uh, that's actually, for the large cities in the United States, that was the biggest jump from 1990 to 2008 of any city. Uh, now the other ones have, we've got much more tools now, and uh, this recently, the last few years, there's been much more money for bicycling. So the, the, the amount of time that it takes to get that much increase is much, much smaller now. I don't know. I don't know what the result is going to be for Chicago, but I would imagine they'd be able to do the same thing in a much smaller, smaller period of time. It's much more difficult to do these things, though, uh, bigger cities, because there's much more competition for space. New York City is, it's probably the worst in the United States because it's, it's, there's, they literally sometimes have fights over space on the streets, parking spaces and stuff. We, we're just not that congested here, but. We are, in terms of, you know, overall use of the space, but we're the most congested city for uh, uh, cars on the street, which makes, makes it very, very difficult to take anything away from cars anywhere in the city. So, it, I, I don't know how to overcome that. I've, I've tried different techniques and, and argumentation, but the people are just adamantly against, and the only thing you can do is show examples of this is what we've done, this is what happened, and... Data. Right. Or if you get an overwhelming amount of people showing up to the meetings, that they keep showing up, it's, you know, two-to-one ratio of four, and if you can get a, a nice... Uh, mix of people that are not obviously in just one group. Uh, Northeast LA, there were there were people that only drive, there were four. A lot of people with their children. Uh, so it wasn't, you couldn't categorize it just, oh, it's those bicycle people. And you, they also, most of them lived in the area, so you couldn't say, well, those are outsiders that are bicyclists that are... You think people should not identify as, bicycl as cyclists then, when they come to these meetings? No, you can do that, but uh, that that can't be a negative. Um, I mean, obviously, you want to say, well, I you know I ride a bicycle on there, and it's it's dangerous, or I you know I know somebody that got injured bicycling on it. But it, hopefully, you can get enough of a, a mix of people that it will counter any of the um, categorization of the negative that oh you're just a bicyclist, you know, and the majority of us are motorists and. It, 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 it makes it easier for the argument's sake. Okay, well, um... I've got stuff. Yeah, Wait, what would the... Okay, if we were to say that the topic of this conversation was one thing, what would, it, what would you say it was? Well, in a nutshell, it's bicycle infrastructure. You know, green green lanes was the, the, the topic that we started off with, but that's just one aspect, one of the tools that you use to um, increase the safety of bicycling. Anything that you see the traffic engineer use, it's either it has a, uh, a neutral effect on safety or it increases the safety. So every, every one of these things that they apply should in some way, especially if you're marking the street, it should have a safety improvement for bicycling. You know, whether that's the stripe or the, the symbol, uh, you know, sharrows. Uh, they, they just simply wouldn't be allowed to, to mark up the street unless there was some sort of a uh, either neutral or a safety improvement. So the more tools that we have, 
the easier it is to do at least something, you know. Carol's enables them to connect uh, bike lanes where they don't want to take anything away from the drivers, the turn lanes usually. Um, unfortunately, I, I, I listened to a traffic engineer from the Netherlands that came for uh, Think Bike uh, a couple years ago, and she said we'd never put Cheryl's in the Netherlands because they have much more effective treatments that they use. They slow down the traffic, so it's the traffic doesn't go. If you're in max traffic, you, the cars don't go any slower than you, or any faster, I should say. And then the rest of the arterials, the main streets, they have physical separation of the bicycle from the traffic. So it, it's a Cheryl here seems to be a big step up for them. It's just something that's it's poor quality and not very effective. But it has it has it's 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 a way for cities to uh, use it an excuse of we've done something when they uh, you know putting a picture of a bicycle on the street with chevrons is not <laughs> really it doesn't do much of anything I, I, I have no evidence that that I've seen that it actually increases bicycling uh, although it's been shown that it does have a safety benefit though small but they, the, the the drivers do tend to uh, steer more clear of the bicycles and they the bicycles. They don't have as much of an attitude of owning the road. Um, well, that's that's what's been shown. I, I was actually the biggest guinea pig for uh, LADOT's uh, study they did for Cheryl's before they implement them in here. And my experience and what I've seen from other people was there were a lot of honking and a lot of yelling at us. I even had a police car follow me before the Cheryl's were put in. They had little orange dots that we followed, so they had a before and after. You go at the same speed and you go in the same spot where the Cheryl's would be. And the police car got behind me and on the intercom he said, get in the bike lane. Well, there's no bike lane. The purpose of the Cheryl's is to put them where there's no bike lanes. And I thought, well, I just got to finish my little dots right here. I'm almost done. And he, again, he told me to get in the bike lane because we were, we were trying to put this, uh, we were trying to do this where there were parked cars because that was the rule that you had to put the Cheryl's where there was parked cars. Well, this is on Reseda Boulevard, and, and that street, the, the parking disappears, and it, it, it had gone away. So I was looked like a jerk, bicycling in the middle of the lane, and he was telling me to, you know, essentially get off to the side of the road. Those are the, those are the things that occurred. One, one car got very close to me, and the passenger just yelled in my ear to get the, the bleep off the road, the F off the road. Yeah, that's that was common. So, and a Sharo would you'd just be able to point at the Sharo next time if there when when there's that's one effect. Well, I was I was for it because there was a San Francisco, uh, city of San Francisco study that had had it about 11 feet away from the curb, and I thought and that what the uh, study found was that bicycles tend to go a few inches further away from the parked cars. Well, I thought well that's good because you're a little further away from being doored. And then the cars, um, even when there weren't bicyclists, they tend to be a little further away. Um, but then the city of Los Angeles decided to put them 12 feet out in the road. Now you're getting more in, in terms of being in the center of the lane where the cars are. And I thought, this is not going to work. Because some of these streets, are, the motorists are, are moving at 40 miles plus. Like Adams Boulevard, uh, Reseda Boulevard. In, again, any, about any street in the valley, you're going to get... 40 plus miles an hour 
the the limit that they're supposed to put Cheryl's on is 35 mile an hour posted speeds. But in effect, you see cars that go beyond that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so then I became uh, against the use of them because it's just an excuse not to put in a serious infrastructure. And and I could not imagine, nor have I ever myself after that study gone in the middle of a Shiro because it's just too uncomfortable. And I would ask other people. One one lady used to race bikes, and she said, "I feel uncomfortable being in the middle of the." So you're you're for protected, you know, separated barriers. Yeah, the the, the arguments, arguments from some from some cyclists is that you can't go fast enough, and it's dangerous at the intersections. But the, uh, it's been pretty well proven in Denmark and the Netherlands, but that's not true. Uh, the Netherlands the paths are about 16 feet wide. You can go very very fast, as fast as you want. Uh, usually, unless it's, obviously if there's people in your way, you can't do that. Um, it actually works if you set it up right. There's really nothing to stop you from going as fast as you want. You know, obviously there's some limits that you're just getting crazy. You're going way too fast, and you know. But um, the closest thing we have to really anything in the Netherlands is uh, the Orange Line path, I think, in the in the valley. But again, as, as I said, the uh, intersection treatment is like for pedestrians, and it just it, it kills the whole thing for. Uh, using bicycling as transportation. It's, you had to hit a pedestrian walk button at every intersection, and there's a steep ramp that limits your speed without slamming into the uh, either the ramp or the, the street if you go very high, because bikes usually don't have suspensions, and you can't compensate for that. So you learn very quickly that don't go that fast, unless you, you can somehow elevate yourself to, you know, compensate for that but so even even when the money and the space is available the the traffic designs still aren't up to par of what they are in the Netherlands they've just they 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 have the Netherlands is a country that's been doing this for uh, over 30 years and putting in uh, bike paths in the Netherlands Aggressively in the cities, they, they've had a history of over 100 years of putting bike paths, but not to the extent of putting, you know, on all the streets in the in the cities, all the major streets. So they have little details that they do that uh, are very effective in encouraging people to bicycle. And again, going to the reference point, I think the best reference point for the United States so far is Indianapolis uh, Cultural Trail. It's about eight miles downtown. They have a lot of, a lot of those little features like. No steep ramps, um, and they've treated the uh, intersection like a like a crosswalk with colorization, so you, the motors are very aware. If 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 it's a small side street, which traffic engineers are worried about putting a, a barrier separated, that that's a problem for um, uh, either a cycle track or a path. They made the motors go up to the level of. 